Welcome to the Moses Lake Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This episode is brought to our church by our assistant pastor, Carlos Farias. We hope that this message will be an encouragement to you, and we would love to hear how God used it in your life. And tonight I want to talk about being justified by faith, or rather, the benefits of being justified by faith. So you would go in your Bible to Romans chapter 5. I'm going to read, that, read verse 1 and 2. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace, wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Father, thank you for this time we get to be in your house tonight. I pray, Lord, that tonight we would, we would all just be encouraged through your word, Lord, and I know that uh, just, even through just studying this, that you spoke into my heart. I pray, Lord, that uh, we would just speak, Lord, to how you speak or respond to how you speak to us tonight. We love you. In your name we pray. Amen. So Romans chapter 5, we know that uh, in this passage of Scripture, we have a man named Paul. And Paul is writing about to, the, uh, to Rome the misunderstanding of, that existed in early Rome regarding sin, the law, and salvation. Paul explains in Romans 5 how sin was spread to everyone by one man. Paul also explains how that through one person, there is a cure for that sin. God had already formulated a plan for the destructive actions of one man. We see in this chapter that there is great benefits that we get from our faith in Jesus. We see that no one can keep the law and that no one can be justified by the, by the law in the book of Romans. The greatest thing that we receive when we put our faith in Jesus is knowing that when we die, we will spend eternity in heaven That is not the only great benefit we receive from our faith, but Paul explains in this chapter, these two verses, uh, what benefits that we get by by being justified by faith. Uh, Making the decision to put your faith and trust in Jesus, uh, if you've done that, it is the best decision that you've ever made in your life. Anyone can literally make that decision, and it changes your eternal destination from what was once hell-bound to now an eternity in heaven. We have the comfort as Christians to know that we know, we know where we're going to go once we die. We must be reminded of that and the other amazing benefits that we have because being justified by our faith. Faith opens your life to God and allows you to receive every good thing that comes from the gospel and from God. He felt that he needed to, Paul, when he was writing this book, we know that Paul felt the need to share the gospel with others. We heard last Sunday night from uh, Pastor Michael Bosworth that he felt that he owed to those people who haven't heard that he needs to share the gospel with them. So we know that Paul is very dedicated about sharing even how he was justified by faith and sharing to many churches what the benefit of that is. I want you to think back to that moment when 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 it finally clicked, when you finally realized that you were a sinner and that all you needed to do was ask Jesus to be your savior. Do you remember how you felt when you prayed and asked God to forgive you of your sins that that weight that was carried off your shoulders, the, do you remember how that felt? For some, it was recent. For some, it's been years and more years and more years. Uh, but whatever, whenever that, that time was when you made that decision, you, re, you remember it. Uh, you can remember it just like it was yesterday. Isn't it true, though, that sometimes in our life, we get caught up with the busyness and just the things of this life, and it doesn't excite us how it used to. We kind of just get used to being saved. And we've all been there before. 
And that's why it's good to think about it, to reflect upon it. We may speak about a place where there are no tears, no death, no fear, but those are just the benefits of heaven. The true beauty of heaven is we finally get to see God. We get to see the beauty of God in heaven, and Paul talks about that many times in his letters. Tonight from this passage, I want us, I want us to see the great benefits of being justified by faith. First, the first benefit we get is that we get peace with God. If you look in verse 1, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. To this point in the book of Romans, Paul has convinced us that the only way of salvation is to be justified by grace through faith. Now he will tell us what the practical benefits of this are. We were all found guilty before God's law because of what Jesus did for the sins of the world. The righteousness righteousness of God was given to us. There was no way that we and ourselves could have saved us from the penalty of hell. But what what God did was he sent his son on the cross and we have peace with God. Uh, What do you think when you hear the word peace? Peace is a word that a lot of people try to define that they think that they have a great grasp of. But there's a poll found that found universal factors for people from UK to Ukraine, Nigeria to the Philippines. They felt that these five things represented peace would, would represent a peaceful society. And these things were people can resolve disputes without violence. People have the opportunity to earn a living to support their family. There is less crime. People can vote in national election. There is less and less violence. These people thought that this would, would, would be what a peaceful society would look like. Even though these things aren't necessarily bad and would be good for uh, places to follow, uh, what we have as Christians is a hundred times, a thousand times better than what those people describe peace as. A peace with God is something that anyone can have, and yet there's people that are searching for peace. And they're not going to be fulfilled in the things of the world by searching for that, for peace. And Paul is writing here about how great peace with God is. Because we are justified by faith, we have peace with an almighty and holy God. Can anyone have peace with God? Yes, because we get to have peace through God, with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. In Philippians 4, 7, it says, And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. We've heard this verse many times, but this is talking about the peace of God. But when Paul writes peace with God, he means that the constant fight with your flesh and God is finally over. Uh, when you made that decision to put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, man, that fight with God was over. You finally submitted yourself and you, you gave your life to God. And you remember before you were saved and that, that constant fight of yourself and God. And Paul, he knew personally about this. He, kept, he, was, he was one who fought God until he finally gave it all to God. And that is exhausting to have to be at war with God in your flesh. And we know that it's exhausting because we weren't born saved, right? We had to make a decision to put our faith and trust in Jesus. Praise the Lord that we don't have to live how we lived like we were before we were saved. We don't have to be at war with God anymore. We get to fight with God. If you're here tonight and you don't have peace with God, you know that tonight that you can have peace with God if you simply put your faith and trust in Jesus. Ephesians 2.14 says, For he is our peace, who hath made both one and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us. Remember that the Bible doesn't say we have peace with the devil, peace with this world, or peace with the flesh, or peace with sin. 
Life is still a battle for the Christian, but it's no longer a battle against God. Some Christians are tempted to believe that that place they were at in battle against God was almost better to be. And that is a dangerous place to be. Jesus, as our Savior, gives us peace with God through our Lord, Jesus Christ. And I'm thankful that I have a God who loved me enough that, that, that saw my need, that, hey, I want you to spend eternity with me. I want you to have peace with me, so I'm going to give you my son. And that is the greatest thing that we could ever do is put our trust, our faith and trust in Jesus Christ. A second benefit that we get by being justified by faith is our access to God. Look with me in verse number two. By whom also we have access by faith into this grace, wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. John 14, 6 says, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. His mercies are new every day. I hope that we all make daily visits to the throne room. How does the Bible say that we as Christians are to come to the throne? Uh, are, we supposed to be, are, are we supposed to come timidly to the throne? No, it says in Hebrews 4.16, Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. That's praying, not going to God saying, Oh God, I, I, I hope that you hear this prayer. I, I don't know if you'll hear this prayer or not, but I'm just going to pray it. No, being bold is saying, God, there's no other way I know that this, that this could be answered but by your power. And God, I need you in this, in this situation. And that's being bold. Uh, we need to be bold in our prayers. And we have to believe that God can come through with what we're praying. God, grace, grace, God's undeserved favor towards us. It's not only the way of salvation comes to us. It is also a description of our present standing before God. It's not only the beginning principle of the Christian life, it is also a continuing principle of this life. The we stand translates as a perfect tense using it in the sense as a present and with the thought of a continuing attitude. Standing in grace means that I don't have to prove that I'm worthy of God's love. God is my friend. I can spend more time praising God than focusing on myself. I get to have access to the throne of God. A lot of the times when we are just in our busyness of life and uh, we forget that we can just have access to God 24-7. And, and when we're not in access to God, it's not because of God's fault. It's because we're not choosing to go in prayer to him. We know the Bible says that just pray without stopping, pray without ceasing. But a lot of the times it's just our own fault when we're not, we're not accessing that 24-7. Oh, we get so much because of God's grace. I look in Romans 3, 24 being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Romans 5.15, but not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one may be dead, much more the grace of God and the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ. Ephesians 1.7, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. Titus 3, 7, that being justified by his grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Ephesians 2, 5, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ, by grace are you saved. The same grace that we know saves us is the same grace that gives us access to God. Grace is so amazing in our life that we see multiple times in scripture that God's grace is evident. It's abundant in your life. Uh, it's not hard for you to see It'd be pretty hard for you to miss it. Uh, we need to realize that I'm justified by faith. If you're a Christian, I get to have peace with God 
I get to have access to God. You know how, how awesome that is. You don't have to uh, go through another human, uh, another line of connection. You just literally ask, you can just cry out to God. And we need to, we need to use the access we have with God. God's, God's grace is abundant. There is no end to the goodness, mercy, love, healing, forgiveness, and countless other ways he pours out his blessing to his people. Through the endless reserves of God's grace, he enriches our lives and unites us together, the body of Christ. Our access to this standing of grace is not on our own doing, but it's by faith through Jesus that we get to have this standing in grace. True prayer, Billy Graham said, true prayer is a way of life, not just for a use in case of emergency, Make it, make it a habit, and when the, when the need arises, you will be in practice. And another quote I found, our prayers may be awkward, our attempts may be feeble, but since the power of prayer is in the one who hears it, not in the one who says it, our prayers do make a difference. And just like the missionary was saying to Sanders' family, hey, I had this, I had this great prayer request, and I, only, and I knew only God could meet that. $15,000 for plane tickets, and God met that need, He's probably working in that person's heart before they even thought about, knew about that bill. So it's not about our attempts to make some great prayer. It's not about our attempts to impress God with our prayers. God just simply wants us as his children to go to him in prayer. He wants us to carry our burdens to him because he can bear those burdens. Uh, in our flesh, we can't do that. We can't take on the hardships of this life uh, without God's grace. And that's why he says, I care, cast all your care upon him because he cares for you, and God truly does care for you. So we know that since I'm justified by faith, I get to have access to God. And thirdly, verse number two, hope to see God one day, if you, look, if you follow along. By whom also we have access by faith into this grace, wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Now, why do Christians oftentimes say that, man, the best is yet to come? Well, one day we will get to see the full glory of God in heaven, and nothing on this earth will compare to that day. God has promised in his word that those who believe, in, who believe will have that one day. And do you believe that God will keep his promises to you? Do you truly believe that I know that one day that I'm going to see the fullness of God in heaven? And some people think, uh, when, maybe when you see the word hope in this, in this verse, you think of, oh man, I, cross your fingers, I really hope. I don't, I'm not certain that I'll see God one day, but actually what you can think about this word is that you have a strong confidence. A strong confidence that when, one day, whenever that is, whether we're still alive or the Lord comes back, that you will see God. <clears throat> the great thing about the Christian life is that we, do not have, we don't have to have hope in ourselves, but hope in ourselves would only lead us astray. The, direction of, the resurrection of Christ will change the life of someone in such an amazing way I love what Peter wrote in, in 1 Peter 1.3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again into a lively hope by the, rex, by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Man, we have hope. Peter has a, had a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And if you remember, uh, Peter had a career in fishing and he was probably a great fisherman. That's what he did for a living. So Peter, every day, woke up probably early, and he was ready to fish. And one day, a man named Jesus was just going about trying to choose some men to follow him, and Peter happened to be one of them. So Peter maybe had a good life 
with, with his career, but Jesus saw something more in him. Jesus saw something in Peter that Peter didn't see and changed Peter's life tremendously. He, he gave Peter a living hope the re, through the resurrection. And he's given you the same hope in his resurrection that you have a purpose. And the resurrection of Jesus Christ gave purpose to Peter. And oftentimes we let our troubles of life take our focus off the hope that we have through the resurrection. Turn with me in, to Luke 24. Luke chapter 24. Luke 24 and verse 13. We see that some of the disciples, how they lost their hope when Jesus died. If you look in verse 13. And behold, two of them went that same day to the village called Emmaus, which was from Jerusalem, about threescore furlongs. And they walked together of all these things in which had happened. And it came to pass that while they communed together and reasoned, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were holding that they should not know him. And he said unto them, What manner of communications are these that ye have one to another as ye walk and are sad? And one of them, whose name was Cleophas, answered, said unto him, Art thou only a stranger in Jerusalem, and hast, known, hast not known these things which are come to pass there in these days? And he said unto them, What things? And they said unto him, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, which was a prophet, a mighty indeed, and the word before God and all, people, and all the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and have crucified him. Look at this here in verse 21. But we trusted. We trusted that it had been he which should have redeemed all Israel. And beside all this, today is the third day since these things were done. Man, Jesus told the disciples, he told his followers that one day I'm gonna, my time on earth is going to be done. And they, they knew that he was going to die. But when Jesus died, their hope died. And they, they said, but we trusted. We trusted that he was going to be the one that was going to, be, to redeem Israel. So many people in this world have their hope, their confidence in temporal things. But we as believers get to have hope in life eternal, a hope of or a confidence that we will get to see God in all his glory. Everything that Jesus said, everything that he proclaimed to be in scripture, everything he promised, that means something even for believers today. John 14, 6, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. We, we, we see a lot of the times when Jesus said these things in scripture that he, he made all the religious people mad. He claimed things that people did not claim uh, back in that time, he always claimed that he, he and God were one, that he was the one that was going to redeem the sins of the world. And we know that how, how bad or how that made the religious folk feel. feel. John eleven twenty five, Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. John ten twenty eight, and I give unto them eternal life that they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. Jesus is giving, there's promises here, right? There's promises to the people who believe that once you believe that you're always his and no man can pluck you out of the Father's hand. And we have to remember that as we're here on earth that we have these promises from God himself. And it says in Titus 1-2, in hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie promised before the world began. God already knew that he was going to have this plan where we needed eternal life, and he thought about it even before the world began. 
then we have a confidence in eternal life. When, once we get saved, once we make that decision to put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, it's settled. We don't have to keep getting saved again. We, it's settled. That's why Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Uh, we get to just live, right? We get to live because we have eternity with Christ. Did you know that Jesus prayed for all those who will believe in God through his word, and that they would be unified and that they would be able, to, be able to behold all his glory. It says in John 17, 20, neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall, shall believe on me through their word, that they all may be one as thou, Father, art in me and I in thee, that they also may be, be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me, and the glory which thou gavest me I have given them that they may be one even as we are one, I in them and thou in me, that, that, that they may be, may be made perfect by, in one, and that the world may know that thou hast sent me and thou hast, thou hast loved me, loved them and thou hast loved me. Father, I will that they also, whom thou givest me, be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory, which thou hast given me, for thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. Jesus knew that there's going to be people after I, after I leave this earth, that they're going to believe on me through God's word. And Jesus, he wants us to be unified. He wants us to be able to, to behold his glory. And how silly is it that sometimes we can't, even, we can't even be unified with people in our church and we're on the same team if we're Christians. God want, or Jesus prayed that we'd be unified. And are we being unified tonight? And I, and I know, like, I felt this more when I was at college uh, just being, not, not being around my church family and just coming back for the breaks and stuff. Uh, it was an awesome time just to be able to be back you know, with you guys through the breaks. And I love Mosley Lake Baptist Church, and I'm just thankful that I know we have a family that's you know, unified and all that. But even, even out, people outside our church, well, we need to be unified with other Christians. We have to, we're on the same team, and we're trying to just share the gospel with other people. Uh, that's our goal. We want people to come through Christ. We want them to be justified by faith, for them to have the same benefits as we have. Uh, being justified by faith means that I have peace with God and I don't have to fight him anymore. And being justified by faith means that I get access to God. And I love the third point, being justified by faith means that one day you don't have just a hope, you have a confidence that you'll see God one day. Are you excited for that day when you get to see him face to face? The God who, the God who loved you so much that he would send his son on the cross to die for you, that one day, after it's all said and done, uh, no matter if it's when the Lord comes back or when you pass away, you have a confidence that you will see God. You'll see God. And when, we get, when we're stuck in this life, in these trials of this life, we just have to remember that uh, it will soon pass. Uh, the, the hardships of this life will soon pass, and we'll finally get to be with God. And uh, I was telling the kids this morning that in First Thessalonians, we're talking about the rapture. It says, forever. Yeah, you don't have to renew your heaven card anymore. You don't have to keep doing that. You literally just think about forever, okay? Think about how much time you have to wait at the DMV, okay? It feels like forever, but, you know, you get to be with God in heaven forever. And I love that last point. We have a confidence that we will see God one day, and we need to be the people that, to share that with others. Uh, we, we, we support all these missionaries, not just because... 
we think that they're just great people. We know that they have a mission. They have the same mission as us to share the gospel. And if we, if we understand the benefits of being justified by faith, then why wouldn't we want to share it with those? Why wouldn't we want to share, those, share that with people in our neighborhood, people in our workplace, people that we know in our family and love? So I just hope tonight that we understand that, man, if I'm a Christian, I get to be justified by faith. I get to have peace with God, access to God, and hope to see God one day. Thank you for listening to this message. We hope it's been an encouragement to you. And if you'd like any further information about our church, we'd like to encourage you to visit mlbc.church.